Now, how many of you have heard Susie before? They remember you, Susie. You you made an impression on them. So I don't need to introduce her to us. Susie, we love you and glad you're here. Thank you. Buddy, I guess I better be honest and let you know the real reason I came back was for Claudia's meals. (laughs) Give her a hand. Didn't she do an amazing job? Tomorrow night is a mystery meal, so you have to come to find out. Wow, that makes me want to stay another day. I'm sorry I have to go home tomorrow morning, but I'm heading on out to Texas, so you can pray for me uh, as I do a revival in San Antonio a little bit later on this week. (laughs) It's hard to stop someone who's willing to give his or her life in order to kill others. And if you're tuned into the news, you've been seeing more and more of this uh, through extremists, through terrorists, through ISIS. Uh, They believe, of course, that they're pleasing Allah, their false god, by killing anyone who will not become Islamic. How can we forget just this year the story that made headline news around the world of the pilot the airplane pilot who was captured and placed in a cage and then set on fire by terrorists. ISIS burns Jordanian pilot alive. The Islamic State released a video on Tuesday in which it burned to death a Jordanian pilot it had been holding hostage since December. And I also remember hearing this same year about the 21 Egyptian Christians. Do you remember that story? Of where they were forced on a death march along the ocean's beach and then lined up in orange jumpsuits and they all knelt down. They were forced to kneel and then they were beheaded. There they are lined up with their captors behind them readying readying themselves to give their lives because they will not deny their faith in Christ. That kind of faith means they are consumed with Jesus Christ. Christians like that are consumed with Jesus Christ. Did you know that the majority of all terrorists are between the ages of 17 and 23, both men and women terrorists? And so uh, for those in our youth section tonight, you would be prime targets if you were in one of the eastern uh, countries where extremism is popular, you would be a prime target. Of course, again, terrorists believe that, that when they give their lives to kill those who oppose their beliefs, they'll be rewarded eternally with wealth, with sex, with prosperity. Jesus Christ is the only one who promises us life, not just on earth, but forever. He's the only one. And Jesus is the only one worthy of being consumed for. This evening, I want us to really unpack what it means to be totally consumed with Jesus Christ. This headline appeared on the front page of USA Today newspaper, Devotion and Desire drive youth to martyrdom. Let me share part of that article with you. Ever since 9-11, a rash of violence in our world has continued to mount through the means of young adult suicide bombers. We wonder why the Palestinian and Islamic movements are gaining such momentum worldwide. Perhaps these zealous young people 
are the answer. These young men, men and women don't want to send a bomb. They want to be the bomb. Then I want you to listen to these haunting words that continue from the newspaper article. There is little likelihood of permanently stopping any of these young suicide bombers who are so fiercely consumed by their cause that they are literally willing for their cause to consume them. I want to read the words from a father of one of these young, deceased Palestinian suicide bombers. He says, I'm very happy about what my son did as he gave his life for Allah and the cause. Honestly, I'm a little jealous, says Hari, the 54-year-old father of one of the young men who carried out a terrorist suicide bombing attack last June. The USA Today article goes on to say, lured by promises of financial stability for the family, eternal life, and unlimited sex in the afterlife, dozens of millicent Palestinians like Hotarai aspire to blow themselves up as suicide bombers for the political cause of Hamas and ISIS. In the USA Today article, they also inter interviewed several potential suicide bombers. Uh, let me share one of these responses to you. I will make my body a bomb that will blast off the flesh of Zionists. I will tear their bodies into pieces and cause them more pain than they will ever know. I wonder if you could guess the age of the man who made that quote. The young man making this statement is 11. I want to repeat the quote from the terrorist experts. There is little likelihood of permanently stopping any of these young suicide bombers who are so fiercely consumed by their cause that they are literally willing for their cause to consume them. Guess what? It's time that we as Christians... We as believers, we the disciples, step up to the plate. We cannot afford to settle for casual Christianity any longer. Jesus doesn't want to be number one in our lives. He wants to be our lives. You see, there's nothing nominal about a suicide bomber. Unfortunately, though, many times there's a lot of nominal uh, commitment that we as Christians share or live in our lives. It's time we step up to the plate. It's time to stop playing the game. It's time to grow up spiritually. It's time to truly make Jesus absolute Lord of every area of our lives. God is calling us, you and me, to action so let's just imagine, what would it look like for you to become a spiritual bomb? I mean, think about it, so that every time you walked into a room, you'd spiritually explode. I mean, just like a suicide bomber who's going to walk into a room, detonate himself, and explode, 
What would it be like for you to be a spiritual mom? So that every time you walked into a room, God, through the Holy Spirit, would detonate you and you would cause spiritual explosions everywhere you went. Oh, that would be amazing. Our world, our church, our community would never be the same, would it? To have the Holy Spirit wrapped so tightly around your life that you can't help but detonate every single time you're with someone. You walk into the room, the Holy Spirit immediately detonates you. Spiritual explosions of God just start shooting out of you. An explosion of kindness. Boom, an explosion of goodness. Bing, there goes faith. There's a little bit of gentleness. Ooh, there's self-control coming out of her life. Oh, I see faithfulness oozing out. Peace coming right out of you. Power from the Holy Spirit. Boldness, confidence. Let's see what the scripture has to say. Romans 12, 1. Here we go. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Sounds to me that God wants us to be a living sacrifice, that he's calling us to become a spiritual bomb. But I want to I really focus your attention on the last few words in that statement of that scripture. This is your true and proper worship. Did you get that? Being a spiritual bomb can be an act of worship. It can be an act of honoring our, our Lord that he is truly Lord. A young terrorist will put on his suicide vest and he would say, I make my life a living sacrifice to Allah. I will be the bomb. You, as a Christian, consumed with Christ, say, I make my life a living sacrifice to you, O oh Lord. Use me. Detonate me spiritually. Use me to create spiritual explosions wherever I go. And in light of all that he's done for us, how can we respond any other way? Of course, this involves lordship, doesn't it? Being consumed really means lordship. It means Jesus is absolute Lord over every area of our lives. And the tragedy of today's church is that oftentimes we've been called to belief but not to obedience. You believe there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. The apostle James told us in James 2.19... Let's look at Acts 16, 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. The message of the New Testament is not Jesus is my Savior. That's used only 37 times. Instead, the more repeating message of the New Testament is Jesus is Lord. And that's used 7,736 times. What is lordship? Really, what... What is lordship? It means an end to life on my own terms. An end to me calling the shots. 
an end to my rights, my way, me first, my needs, my dreams, my plans, my relationships, an end to life on my own terms. Now, there are three things to consider if you want Jesus to really be Lord of your life or three things to consider if you're willing to be consumed tonight. And consumed is what this message is all about. If you dare to be a spiritual bomb, that's what Christ is calling us to in the scripture we just read. I offer my life as a living sacrifice. If you're going to answer that call in your life to be consumed, then there are three things that we need to consider. The first one is you'll need to make your decision to be the bomb long before the actual opportunity arises. You'll need to decide tonight that yes, I will be the spiritual bomb God is calling me to. I will be so consumed with him that when I walk into a room, the Holy Spirit will detonate me and the explosions of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and the Holy Spirit's power will be exploding through my life to everyone around me. You need to make that decision tonight. I'm going to be that before the opportunity actually arises. In other words, before you go to work tomorrow, before you go to class tomorrow, before you go to wherever tomorrow, the decision is made tonight before the opportunity actually arises. You see, these young boys don't make decisions to be the bomb 72 hours before their suicide bombing attacks. They make their decisions early in life. And then they keep making decisions all through the years that point them in that direction. Terrorist experts say this. You don't start educating a Palestinian suicide bomber when he reaches 22. I mean, it's not like, okay, go to college, get your degree, and now we'll set you on the course to being a suicide bomber. No. You start in kindergarten so that by the time he is 22, he's looking for an opportunity to sacrifice himself at any time. Israeli officials say that Hamas has from 5 to 20 young men, ages 17 to 23, just waiting for their orders to carry out their suicide attacks. The group claims to have tens of thousands of young people ready to follow in their footsteps. In Hamas-run kindergartens, terrorists say, in Hamas-run kindergartens, this is what the terrorist experts tell us, signs on the wall read, children of this kindergarten are the holy martyrs of tomorrow. So they enter kindergarten and they see the signs on the wall. That's what I am. And they grow up with that in their minds and every decision they make points them, keeps pointing them in that direction. Maybe you've heard of Sarah Hughes. She was an Olympian gold medal ice skater in 2002. I want to share with you a little article about uh, Sarah Hughes. Again, gold medal Olympian ice skater. A few years back, a young American named Sarah Hughes captured the Olympic gold in figure skating, but what was so cool about her award ceremony as she stood on the platform really started years earlier. 
The article says, her parents had discovered a video of Sarah at age five at her birthday party. And as the American anthem played and they zoomed in on her, they showed this video. In the home video, Sarah is standing in front of her birthday cake at age five. And she's proudly holding up her new pair of ice skates. And you hear her say confidently, my name is Sarah Hughes, and I'm five years old today. My mommy and daddy just gave me my first pair of really good figure skates. I'm going to practice and practice, and one day, I'm going to the Olympics as a skater. And I'm going to win the gold medal for the United States of America. Then after they showed that old home video of, of five-year-old Sarah proclaiming what her intentions were, then the news cameras switched back to Sarah. 11 years later, now at age 16, she's standing on the first place Olympic award platform with that gold medal right around her neck. Well, guess what? Sarah Hughes didn't make her decision to be a gold, uh, to win a gold medal when she got on the ice that night or even a year or so before. She, she paid the price all through the years, didn't she? She made uh, pre-choices that would determine her actions to that point on of receiving her medal. You see, decisions determine destiny. Sarah's decision and tons of hard work and commitment determined her destiny. She had to count the cost, didn't she? I'm imagining she had to give up slumber parties that her friends went to. She had to give up some Friday night pizza parties and movies and, and being on the volleyball team. I can't play volleyball because I'm into ice skating. I can't run track because my attention is focused on ice skating. Everything had to point to ice skating in Sarah's life. And not just for fun, though she loved it, but to win. She had to be consumed. It cost her everything. That's why Luke 14, 28 says so powerfully, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? So if you want to be consumed with Christ, you need to count the cost and pay the prices long before the big spiritual moments actually arrive. So let's do a recap, okay? There are three things we need to think about, three things we need to focus on, three things we need to remember if we're going to be consumed with Christ. Number one, you'll need to make your decision to be the spiritual mom long before the actual opportunity arises. And number two, you'll need to submit your decision by going public. It does no good to become consumed for Christ if it's going to be kept a secret. I mean, think about it. A suicide bomber doesn't strap the vest around himself and then go into his bedroom and detonate. It's a public act. Well, our commitment to Christ to be consumed needs to be cemented by going public with it. So let's take another look at that USA article. As it continues, Israeli officials say that for part of the preparation, the recruit is taken to a cemetery where he's told to prepare for his death by lying between grave sites for hours. 
He wears a white hooded shroud normally used to cover bodies for burial. And the recruit is then taken to another location where he makes a video to publicly verify his content to be uh, his consent to be a suicide bomber and his devotion to Islam. And that video will be played for the public after his death. We must go public with Christ. No more hanging out behind the scenes. God wants you to be a spiritual bomb, not alone in some alley, not by yourself in your basement or in your dorm room or in your office at work. He wants you to go public. God wants you to go public. What good is being a bomb if you're not going to be detonated in a public place? Again, picture it. God and the Holy Spirit so consuming you, wrapped so tightly in you and in your lifestyle that when you walk into a room, you can't help but spiritually explode. Wonderful spiritual explosions all around you. God detonates you. You begin to act like him. You begin to smell like him. You begin to look like him. You begin to react like him. You explode with his voice, his hands, his feet, his power. Lives around you, all being touched by the effects of your spiritual explosion. People around you forever changed because you have been detonated by the Holy Spirit. Because you're a spiritual bomb. Because you're consumed with Christ. You're setting off spiritual explosions. Wow. Wow. What a way to start 2016, huh? By committing to be consumed and become the spiritual bomb. A spiritual bomb is a public bomb. Luke 9, 26. If you are ashamed of me on earth, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. A spiritual bomb is a public bomb. Consumed people are not chameleons. They don't just blend in with everything and everyone around them. Again, if you want to be consumed with Christ, if you're going to answer the call to be a living sacrifice for him, to be a spiritual bomb, number one, you'll need to make your decision to be the bomb long before the opportunity actually arises. And number two, you'll need to cement that decision by going public. And the third thing, the last thing that we want to consider in becoming consumed with Christ, number three is you'll need to guard your heart relationally. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your affections for they influence everything else in your life. The USA article continues. USA Today article continues. A still photograph of the recruit is taken that will be reproduced and displayed throughout the West Bank and Gaza after his death to honor him. Because secrecy is of paramount importance, Hamas will not allow the recruit to tell even his closest family members or friends the actual date of the suicide mission. Wow. No one knows about it. This means his family and his friends, they only find out the specific final orders for the suicide bombing when the rest of the world does, not a moment before. You see, a suicide bomber 
doesn't allow a girlfriend or a boyfriend or even family members to know the details because love and devotion to them could interfere with his suicide mission. In other words, they are extremists about guarding their hearts. I mean, some of us are so people dependent that we wouldn't think of doing something so costly without a best friend's involvement, without talking it over with mom first. Maybe I better get my spouse's input. I just got to check with my my BFF, see what she thinks about this. No, being consumed with Christ, being a spiritual bomber means that we need to guard our hearts relationally. Guard your heart. Be a disciple who lives with purity. Be a disciple, uh, who, a man or woman of God who lives with great integrity, who doesn't live with withholding some of the truth so that they'll get ahead by not sharing it all. Be a man or woman of integrity who doesn't tell white lies. A man or woman, a disciple of God, consumed by Christ who's determined to live as Jesus did, with integrity. And for young people, don't date someone simply because of his or her looks. Guard your relationships. I want to share a story with you, true story. Ken Blanchard and Beverly Maynell. It's a true story, so maybe some of you have heard it before. I'm not sure. A man named Ken Blanchard was drafted during World War II. He didn't have any close family members, and so a couple of days before he was going to be shipped off, he went to a used bookstore in New York City, and he bought some books to take with him as he didn't have anyone to write to while he was gone. Well, while thumbing through one of the books when he got back to his apartment, he noticed some very insightful comments that were written in the margins by the previous owner. Her name was Beverly Maynell. Her comments and and some of the writings were so insightful that he finally looked her up in the telephone book and he called her. He said, Miss Maynell, my name is Ken Blanchard. (laughs) You don't know me. I I went to this bookstore. He told her the name of the used bookstore. I bought a book that used to belong to you. And I'm leaving tomorrow morning uh, for war. And I'm, I'm reporting to the army, I'm going overseas, and I don't have any friends or relatives to write to. So I was wondering, Miss Maynell, if, if you would be my pen pal. She agreed to write him while he was serving America in World War II. Well, they corresponded for months, and it became clear that they became more than just friends. There was beginning to be a significant bond built between them. Finally, Ken sent Beverly a picture of him in his uniform, and he asked for her picture back. Strangely, she responded she didn't want to build a relationship on a picture because they were building it on so much more, uh, an actual genuine friendship. And he thought that was strange, but he was okay with it. Well, a few months later, Ken was notified that because of some injuries, He was being sent home with an honorable discharge. In his last letter to Beverly, he said, Beverly, you won't have time to get a letter back to me. I'm being sent home early with a medical discharge, and I'd love to meet you. The plane lands on, and he gave the date, and he said, I'll catch the train, and I'll be in Central Park, and he gave a specific time. 
I would be honored if you would allow me to take you to dinner on my very first evening back in America. Since I don't have a picture of you, I'll know you if you wear a yellow rose. You'll know me, not only by my picture, but I'll also be carrying the book that first started our friendship. Well, Ken didn't know if Beverly got the letter and if she'd be meeting him in the park since there wasn't time for a return letter, but you can imagine the the romance and the tension that he was feeling. He got off the train. He looked around for a yellow rose, a beautiful woman with long, flowing, dark hair, walked past in a gorgeous lime-colored suit. She threw her hair back and said, going my way, soldier. He wished he were. (laughs) But she didn't have a yellow rose on. She looked at him again and flirtatiously asked, soldier, going my way? In his humanness, he so wanted to go her way. But then he saw her. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw Beverly Maynell. He knew it was her because she had the yellow rose. No wonder she didn't want to send him a picture. She was wearing an old, unkempt coat. She had shoes that were old and dirty, and she looked like she stuck her head in a dryer and forgot to comb it out. She certainly was not beautiful, but she had the yellow rose. Ken Blanchard knew in that moment that though it may not be a romantic interest, she had been the faithful friend that had written to him all those months. No wonder she didn't want to send a picture of herself. In a moment of making an integrity-filled relationship decision, he walked past the beautiful woman in the green suit, and he walked right up to her, and he held the book up. He stuck his hand out. He noticed up close the yellow rose that she wore, And he said, ma'am, what an honor to meet you. I'm Ken Blanchard. And if you would give me the honor, I'd love to take you across the street and buy you dinner on this, my first night back in America. The woman with the yellow rose and the unkempt clothing looked at him for a moment and, well, she seemed puzzled. Finally, she got a twinkle in her eye. She said, young man, I, I don't really know. I don't really understand what's happening here But the lady in the green suit with the long, beautiful hair that just walked past asked me to wear this yellow rose. She said that if you walked up and invited me to dinner, I was supposed to tell you she'd be waiting for you in the restaurant across the street because you passed the test. Ken Blanchard was a man of integrity. He guarded his heart relationally. And we need to do the same thing too. We need to guard our heart. We need to guard our affections because they influence everything else in our lives. And so we can't afford to date someone or to become romantically involved with someone, with anyone who would interfere with our decision to be consumed with Christ. In other words, we make this decision, I will be the spiritual mom, and then every decision we make after that should keep pointing us in that direction to be the spiritual mom. So for us to become involved with someone who doesn't have a relationship with Christ, who's not on fire for Christ, who's not living as Christ as Lord of his or her lives, well, that would detract us from being the spiritual mom. A suicide mom won't do that. 
how much more so as Christians should we be on guard spiritually? Again, it's time to walk away from casual Christianity. Jesus wants to be your Lord. He's calling you into radical obedience to his lordship. In other words, become consumed with Jesus Christ. So much so that you're willing to become so saturated with the Holy Spirit wrapped around your life like a spiritual vest that's wired with a spiritual bomb that you'll create wonderful spiritual explosions all around you. Okay, as we wrap this up, Susie, how do I really put this together? Number one, make the choice for lordship now. Number two, submit your decision by going public. Don't keep it a secret that you're willing to be consumed with Christ. Don't hide the fact that you're willing to be a spiritual bomb or you're not really a spiritual bomb. And number three, guard your heart. Guard your heart. God is calling you to be consumed with him. He's calling you tonight to become a spiritual bomb, to allow him to be Lord of every area in your lives. So I'm wondering tonight, as we close, who in this great crowd is willing to be consumed with Jesus Christ? I'm wondering who would be willing to be a spiritual bomb, to be a living sacrifice for your God? will know because you will make it public. But first, count the cost. That's biblical. First, count the cost and know that this is 100%. Know that this will cost you everything to be consumed, to be the spiritual bomb. Here's what I'd like us to do. Some of you don't even need to pray about that. Your heart is there. Yes, Lord, I'm ready. I want Make me a spiritual bomb. Consume me. Great. Others of you need to think through this for a few moments. There may be some areas in your life that you need to commit to God because he's not Lord of everything in your life. But tonight, you can make him Lord. And so Jody's going to sing a song for us. And as she does, I want to give you time to think through and to pray about that. If Jesus isn't Lord of every area of your life, he can't consume you. And so if you need to come forward and pray about something, I want you to do it during this song. But then after this song is over, we're going public. After this song is over, you've prayed through and you're sure, yes, I am ready to answer that call in 2016. I am willing to be the spiritual bomb. Then we're going to take the next few moments no music on the piano at that point. You've had time to pray. Her song is over. At that point, if you're willing to be consumed, if you're willing to be the spiritual bomb, I want you to cement that decision by going public. What does that mean, Susie? It means I want you to stand where you are. And I want you to say audibly, loud enough for everyone to hear, I will be the spiritual bomb. Not everyone at once. But just as God prompts you, I will be the spiritual bomb. I will be the spiritual bomb. I will be the spiritual bomb. I'll be the spiritual bomb. 
So we're going to have spiritual bombs detonating all over the sanctuary tonight. So again, I want to give you time to pray through this. Count the cost. Know that it costs everything to be consumed with Christ. After you've prayed, after the song is finished, I'm not going to come, I'm not going to say, okay, now's the time, stand up. You'll know that after the song is finished, that's your opportunity to submit your decision by going public. And just a few at a time, all over. I hope everyone's involved, but don't do it unless you mean it. Would stand up and say loud enough for us to hear, I will be the spiritual bomb and remain standing. but you want to there's time for you to come up and pray and oh how God rejoices and all of heaven celebrates that you have stood and cemented that by going public with it that a live out this commitment is going to take courage isn't it it's going to take a lot of courage and it will take a lot of bravery courage and the commitment to be brave brave 